0: welcome to the evolution exchange nordic podcast we're bringing together the best technical leaders from across the nordics to discuss industry passions challenges and ideas i'm charlotte roberts and i help businesses thrive by connecting with top data freelance talent and today i'm your host okay so firstly i want to say a big thank you to everyone for joining me today Um, this is a very special episode because we're actually live in the volvo cars office And joining me today is Jacqueline. We've got Gabriella and we've got Malika as well. And of course, we're going to be talking about women in data. So, a very big topic. (laughs) So, before we go ahead and get started with the questions, I'm going to go around and ask everybody to introduce themselves. And so, Jacqueline, if you'd like to go first, that'd be great.
1: Thank you, Charlotte. So, I'm Jacqueline and uh, I'm an engineering manager at Volvo Cars. And I've always been very passionate about how technology can be used to drive business. And then in my spare time, I love gardening work. Nice. Thank you very much for that introduction.
2: And Gabriela, if you'd like to go next and introduce yourself. Sure. Um, First, thank you for the invitation. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, My name is Gabriela. I live in Sweden for 13 years and I'm originally from Brazil. I am Amelia's and Benjamin's mom and uh, married to Marcelo. Uh, I work at Volvo Cars uh, as a product manager uh, for a data platform.
0: Nice. Thank you very much for that introduction. Thanks.
2: And Malika, last
3: but certainly not least, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yes. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Malika Jovanovic and I'm heading up uh, data engineering teams uh, within the data and personalization cluster. I'm passionate about the data, people, traveling and fashion. Uh, I have one husband and one daughter. (laughs) Nice,
0: (laughs) thank you very much for that. (laughs) Lovely. Well, thanks everyone for the introductions. Hi everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordics Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organisation to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. I think it'd also be nice as well if we start off with everybody's journey into leadership as well. Um, So if Jacqueline, if you'd like to go first and introduce yourself. Oh
1: yeah, please. So I started um, with uh, studying at KTH here in Stockholm, computer science, engineering. I also studied machine learning. And then uh, I felt I wanted to uh, learn more than the actual technologies. I also studied a business degree at Stockholm School of Economics and then uh, I started my career in the finance industry in London and later moved to Google in Zurich where I worked with data. I was a software engineer but I built many data pipelines transforming huge amounts of data and uh, now I'm since a year an engineering manager here at Volvo Cars. And I think like being a leader, it's, it adds an extra dimension to it. It's like, it's both about using your engineering skills to leverage technology, to build a good product, but it's also about building up a team and building up a great environment to work with, which is something we will discuss more later in FOD. Nice.
0: Love that. Thank you very much for that introduction into your journey as well into leadership.
2: If, um, Gabrielle, if you'd like to go next. Sure, Um, I think my journey to leadership is very linked to my journey to data. Um, So the first uh, points in this journey was when my mom gave me a book of professions the the year I was in high school, the last year. And I needed to choose something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. So I remember that I looked at the, uh, most of the mathematics related um, professions and uh, funny enough i marked as i know all the engineers because engineering is for men it mm-hmm. was my thoughts um and then i came up with uh, statistics and it was actually when i uh, was uh, maybe six months after i started uh, the course that we had a week only to talk about statistics and the profession and the market that i fell in love with that because we had uh, former students who came to to say what they were doing and it looked so promising and so positive and this was back in 2004 and that's when i actually said okay i can survive all this theory and i will have fun later on and so um, i came to sweden to study a master and then i started i found a, a job in the area as well uh, first uh, building scorecards uh, predictive models and then uh, uh, I think the um, I find my way um, where I am now by taking opportunities that were given as the company was growing, and I was also finding the uh, opportunities uh, within that. Uh, and the le- leadership came as an opportunity without, uh, within the the company uh, to build a team from scratch, and it was not uh, I didn't have like formal trainings or anything, so it was a lot of. Uh, trying an error and learning by doing. Um, And on the way I had some good um, inspirations as well. Um, And uh, now with uh, managing a platform, so not necessarily people, uh, it's also, um, I feel that we are changing something that we are contributing. It's very motivating. Yeah, I love that. Thank you very much for that. And Malika? Again, last but
3: not certainly not least. <laughs> so uh, the first time I have met with uh, data was during my bachelor studies, where I get impressed by macroeconomics and econometrics, and I realized that there are some tools and formulas that can help you predict the future according to uh, historical uh, information and uh, testing up hypotheses about things happening in society, uh, economic trends. That was really really fun um then i went to sorbonne to study mathematical modeling and financial engineering and then i realized how you can make money on financial markets (laughs) based on your knowledge and i felt so powerful i actually (laughs) never done that in practice but it looked really cool um however my true journey starts with my assignment in the world bank uh where we worked on a model that's predicting uh, gdp of the republic of serbia and then I understood the power and the importance of data because, based on the data that we were providing, someone was making decisions on a country level. And since then, I knew that this is something that I want. That I wanted this to be part of my life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to develop my skills in this area and to meet many more people that are uh, that we are that we share the same love. Basically,
0: mm-hmm. nice oh i love that everybody's got sort of some commonalities but everyone's had their own journey as well which is Mm -hmm. really nice and hopefully throughout this podcast as well we can inspire some some other people as well to um with their journey (laughs) um so yeah so we'll go straight into uh, some more questions now then so everybody it seems a bit more of a discussion more and more um at the moment about sort of women in data um but why is this discussion, why is it so so important? Um, Gabriela, if you'd like to go
2: first. Sure, uh, I think there are many reasons and I'm gonna uh, touch one uh, of them uh, that is related to the demand uh, for these uh, roles in the market. Um, so uh, we, we may have heard about data being the new oil, the new gold or the new currency. But the truth is that definitely data is the new future, mm-hmm. uh, and um, while the oil is scarce, the data it's infinite, and it just it's just growing, it's just gonna keep growing. Uh, and um, one interesting point is when we talk about data and, and um, analytics, we think around advanced stuff, we think about uh, insights, and but the truth is that to get to that point, there's a lot of other Things happening uh, around that and before that. Uh, For example, uh, things related to topics related to access control, storage, uh, tools, compliance, security, legacy systems, information not being recorded in a database, data quality, easy or not easy accessibility, uh, costs, uh, etc. Just a few to mention a few. Uh, and uh, linked to each of those, there are new roles coming up and uh, it's a diver- diversity of, uh, um, of roles in general. Uh, and uh, also the being in a market, in my industry, that um, it, it's not so risky because it's not something that will disappear. So uh, there's so many opportunities. It's definitely something that I want to be part of why not and uh, I'm sure I'm not alone so I think that's uh, um, that's why I think more women should uh, join this boat and uh, according to the international labor organization and um, closing gaps gender uh, sorry closing gender gaps uh, in the labor force is not only good for women and their households but also for the global economy as a whole we have uh, at the moment uh, uh, 47% of women who are able to work, uh, that are working, while it's 72% for men. So there is a huge gap, uh, and this is just the average. In some regions, it goes even uh, higher than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the potential that we're talking about to fill this all these uh, new possibilities. You yeah,
1: that- That's a very good point. And I also really want to emphasize that the impact you can make on society by having those skills is uh, insane. And the field of data is quite broad. It's everything about building the data, the platform that later can serve different, uh, what should I say, solutions. And then it's the data engineering part when you transform data, combine different data sources. And then it's machine learning, AI, that we hear a lot about right now. But then it's also analyzing data more like by looking at it and driving your decisions from there. So I think the field is very broad and the impact you can make on society is really endless. And I see it's very important that all, all groups of society are represented in working with the, the data.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I fully agree with you, Jacqueline. And um, I still come, Jacqueline with my daughter. And I think, like, why it's important to speak about this because, for example, um, I'm 34 years old, and when I was a child, studying software engineering or computer science was considered a man's path. And it was considered very difficult to understand, very dull, and just few girls that were interested in video games um, have taken that path. But I think recently what's happening is that popularity and accessibility enabled self-service, so that every analyst, even without some uh, super sophisticated programming skills, can uh, gain the access to data very easily and make good decisions. So. Um, each one of us should encourage no specialists to get interested um, in the benefits. And then I believe many of them will fall in love with it, like we uh, mm. Nice. Yeah. And
0: this is a, a question to everyone again. How, how does it feel to be a woman in the data
1: world? So Jacqueline, if yeah, you like uh, think so. <laughs> so I'm really seeing a trend of more and more women mm-hmm. moving into data. And I think I I have one idea why that could be the case. And um, I think like when it comes to coding, when it comes to working with data, it does not really matter like how you look, what is your background or what gender do you have? Because in the end of the day, it's about what you build and, and the engine that will run your code will not know who built it. So if it will work well or not, it's only about your skills, your knowledge and your drive to actually put it into code. And I think this makes uh, this profession compared to many other professions much more measurable where skills and knowledge is uh, the way to success. And uh, I I think... um, that's like one reason why it is really a gender agnostic profession and i just want to say the code is blind it does not matter who you are and uh, then i have one more thing that thinking about it like you you only need your computer really to contribute when um, when you work in a big organization, you will likely contribute to many different projects. If you need to take some time off or reduce uh, the time you can work, that's possible because the skills you have are still there and needed to the overall work. And I think that's like probably that's something that suits everyone. But I think traditionally women have sometimes have a hard time to be really successful in professions where you must be there in person all the time. And I think this is a unique opportunity to have a more adaptable way of working.
2: I think uh, um, in this, to this point of... Uh... Uh, data being a ag- uh, gender agnostic. Um, one situation that uh, really marked me is when I started my, my career and then uh, I was put in, in meetings with a lot of uh, usually 90% of male, uh, middle age, very experienced in their areas. and I was like quite young and uh, what the data brought to me was a, a feeling of being my superpower. while the others had all this experience, and they could, uh, you know, they knew what they were talking about. I would go to the data, and I would ask the data, and I would come very confident with the, the answers that most of the times they didn't have because it was not a matter of uh, being uh, experienced or not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really it made me feel very empowered uh, and at the same level uh, joining the the conversations. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I can follow this. Uh, first of all, I need to say that I'm
3: very happy to be one of the Sweden yeah. and work for Volvo cars. It's uh, it's a very nice feeling. And um, today I'm also very happy to see how much attention and respect data is getting recently. And isn't it fantastic that uh, data scientist is the fanciest job for the last oh. three years? <laughs>
0: um,
3: so I think all this hype um, about the power of data join people from diverse backgrounds like mathematics, physics, statistics, uh, computer science, software engineering, which which makes our work very dynamic because we see problems from different perspectives, and also the solutions that we are proposing are very different. And if on the top of that we we add um, we add uh, gender diversity and cultural diversity, that's really really uh, interesting interesting uh, working environment. Nice, thank you very much, everybody, uh, for their answers, and
0: then yeah tell me a little bit more about sort of what excites you in your current role at Volvo Cars um, or even just in the automotive industry like what is the most important thing in your role Malika if you'd like to start with
3: that one yeah sure so uh, being in my role uh, feels like solving uh, simultaneous equations with three unknowns Uh, and that is creating an environment where uh, our teams can achieve their goals Uh, Secondly, driving results and uh, investing in self-development. So I think um, at this point, like you mentioned before, I think on one side, we are managing uh, problems, we are managing platforms, but we are also managing people. And there I see a very big opportunity to be a role model for someone. Um, When I think back, uh, I think um, role models were really, really important for each one of us because you can read a lot of Motivation books, books about leadership, but no one can translate that to your specific case. So it's always better that you have someone who has already achieved the goals that you are trying to achieve. And if the, the, that person is sharing the same values, or if you share the same beliefs, then I think uh, together you can really do a great job. Um, yeah.
0: I really like that, actually, what you mentioned about role models, though, and although obviously I don't work at Volvo Cars, I had a, citrus, a similar situation um, where I felt like I'd hit like a glass ceiling because all the managers that I'd previously had were male. And then until I had my current manager, who's now female, I never felt that I could personally reach that level. And it was only after that did I then say, oh, there's females in this industry, there's females in management position, which is where I want to be. And that also inspired me and my manager then became my role model which was which was really nice so I think it's really important that we're having this discussion today as well because now you three effectively can be role models for other people that are thinking about coming into the industry and that sort of thing so that's really nice was there anybody in in particular that you that you had maybe similar situations like that where you saw people maybe in leadership start um positions or anything like that.
3: Yeah, I need to say that even before coming to Sweden, I was very lucky that my managers, or at least my direct managers, were women. Mm-hmm. a Very strong, uh, very self-made and powerful women. Uh, some of them I could uh, identify with, but with some of them not. Mm-hmm. But I definitely realized that yes, that can be my next step. So I felt it's possible, they always encouraged me, and um, I think like The woman is never like, I don't know how to say this in in a politically politically correct way, but we are not happy just when we are happy. We are very happy when people around us are happy, when Mm -hmm. our families, friends, parents, kids, everyone is happy, Mm -hmm. when all our employees are happy. Otherwise, we feel that we are the ones who need to do something. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to our private life, that's like, okay, if everyone... (laughs) else is good that we are also good mm-hmm. so i think that we are more tending to take care of like groups of people to understand the diversities, not just to pursue our goals but more mm-hmm. like to um to create effective teams not effective individuals but teams yeah yeah nice look that then everybody's winning together <laughs> yeah.
1: nice yes and uh we're uh, I I must say, we are spoiled here with having many women around us and Mm -hmm. many very, very competent women. But I think it's also like a a bit coming back to what they spoke about earlier about the code being blind. And now when I joined here, I uh, started up a completely new team, which uh, meant a lot of hiring. And I, I think there it's like, First, it, was, it felt very challenging to attract a lot of women. And um, what I then did was really like myself working to reach out to women with interesting profiles and to encourage them to come and interview for us because the, the skills are measurable when we have the interviews, we, we will know if someone has the skills and the knowledge needed to work in the profession. Which means that we, when seeing a profile, you might not need exactly the profile you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And being a bit more open in the beginning, we, and also really speaking to women, may make them, them know we care about having a diverse culture and uh, that we care about building up a great environment to work in I think it really helped us to uh, in our work to hire and today we are I I would say at least half women in our organization and uh, then it comes by itself Mm -hmm. so it's like some work in the beginning that you later will make it just very easy.
3: Yeah, and with some of them I'm closely working with, so I can just say, great job, really. I did the the, the latest, so I had the luxury to just start working with them. Nice.
0: It's nice that you made that conscious effort as well to ensure that you had diversity within your team. Because I think sometimes when people are hiring, they hire for sc- certain skill sets, but don't necessarily always think about how important it is to have that diversity. So it's good that you've gone out of your way and thought, no, this is the way that I want to run my team. I want a diverse team. And you've thought about that. Was that sort of encouraged by Volvo cars
1: or was that just sort of something that you've wanted as well? So we felt like if if we, it requires that we put in an additional effort to mm-hmm. hold more interviews, to um, me contacting candidates on LinkedIn. How we we earlier had a women event here in the office, where we invited women all over Stockholm in the field to come and listen to how we are working. And I think for us, it was always like. It was not something we chose to do, it felt like something we must do. We can't just sit and wait for applications and say, oh, no woman applied. Mm -hmm. Or no woman with this on the CV applied. And then also, still, when we hire, it's very extensive interviews. And women need to go through exactly the same interviews as um, everyone else. So at the end of the day, we know everyone we hired really can do what they were supposed to do. And I think that's also very important because that's the way to build up a culture where women can succeed and
3: everyone can succeed. Yeah. And I would like to add to that because if I remember correctly, like... Uh, before when I was trying to do the same thing, but I was more like on the passive side. So like recruitment team um, was on the front. And um, yeah, they were complaining about like not having enough women candidates. But the fact is that I think that women are less likely to change their job if, it, if they're not completely dissatisfied. But if you are hunting them and mm-hmm. if you offer something or you even as a manager, like you're not even uh, the, the refer person Exactly. <laughs> Uh, if you approach them and they think okay this person like with these skills or this position detected me they would feel like motivated I think to to engage in the process mm-hmm. and then of course once they engage they are very successful mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not, it's really good that you took that initiative to like you say seek and um and use that methods to draw in more candidates as well which is good yeah
1: and then I think it's like also a lot we can do as leaders when we already have the teams because uh, I think uh, at least in Stockholm the market is quite small and people know each other and uh, if, if you, you as a manager really think about that you ensure everyone in the team gets the chance to uh, speak up and uh, share their message and their ideas, everyone um, in the team is treated in a good way, I think then uh,
2: that will also help you in the end to hire a more diverse pullover candidate. And I think you also mentioned uh, the other time uh, that we talked uh, that you, you make sure that the salaries are the same. Uh, yes, or yes. If they have the same uh, level, same roles. And, and this is uh, something that uh, I heard already in my career when we, uh, I'm not recruiting this role, but in the past um, when we were agreeing on final salaries for candidates uh, and then uh, we had a, a man and uh, my, my manager said, oh, we had to pay more for him because he's a dad and, uh, you know, like the head of the family, so he's not gonna accept. And so that's how it starts, right? Uh, women are more likely to maybe accept a lower salary mm-hmm. so employers can Act like this, and I think in Volvo, uh, my feeling, my perception, even though not I'm not recruiting, uh, is that people are treated the same. I see in my the people that I work with that is a good mix of uh, women and men in different positions. Uh, we have both in, in high level, um, yes. so it's not only that you see men and then below you see a mix. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's uh, what is really to put in practice. This this cultural um, gender equality topic.
1: Yeah, and I think it's something like what you mentioned with the salaries that we really take for granted here. Mm. So uh, we are spoiled, probably.
2: Yeah. And I um, and back to the question about what you feel excited about working uh, my role in Volvo. Um, I think uh, apart from the amazing team, very. Friendly environment. I really feel good to come to the office and to see people. Um, it's also to be part of this transformation in the in the automotive industry. Uh, that before uh, companies like Volvo, they were producing cars and yeah, selling to retailers. Period. But now it's going away further in this chain. Uh, it's holding the the direct uh, contact with the final users is and for that you need to understand the user you need to collect the data data that's before we didn't own because we didn't have this relationship so this will just open a whole new world uh, for us to offer the the right offer and uh, to understand the needs and to develop our products so i think that's very very exciting yeah definitely sounds
0: exciting (laughs) lovely and so um final question then (laughs) um What is the best piece of advice you can give to young people, maybe thinking about starting a career in data and leadership?
2: Um, My piece of advice is uh, to dare to try, even if you're not 100% sure. Um, Based on my experience, and I think there must have some science behind as well, uh, that women are more likely to have the the impostor syndrome mm-hmm. uh, to feel that you're not fully ready and if you're not fully ready you're not going to give the step you're not going to try a new position you're not going to risk yourself uh, so my my advice here would be to make yourself visible uh, and trust uh, you don't need to be 100% ready to to do it um, and and um, this doesn't mean that you you will be the one stealing ideas from your colleagues are not giving the credits or you know just to make yourself visible like this no it's actually the opposite it's about um, to not compete and to share share knowledge collaborate because once you share what you know uh, you're encouraging the others to share with you and then it just multiplies and that's i think a good way to make yourself visible and to be in the top mind when opportunities come in the company uh, and the other thing would be about uh, joining communities that represents you and your interests. Uh, there are a lot of, um, for example, Code Like a Girl, Smart Girls, Data for Her. Uh, a lot of um, uh, communities, uh, women in data, women in tech, yeah, whatever, uh, that uh, this way you will make contacts, you will uh, get updated about what's new. Uh, and uh, I think that's the having contacts is actually the, the best way to, to be allocated in a, in a new job, to find a new job and to get opportunities. So I think it's very, very good. Nice stop that advice.
1: Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, a quick piece of advice. and I, I really recommend to choose a career, a profession where your skills and your knowledge matters. And where it's a part of your job to constantly upskill yourself and where you might even be the one creating the future. And then data is one of those professions in my head. Thanks.
3: I can also agree that uh, choosing the right profession is a crucial decision in every person's life. And I think uh, you should choose carefully. Um, for me, as a risk-averse person, uh, it was very important to acquire skills that can help me not to be independent on the industry, uh, one language or system, or to be able to work with different cultures, and that's why I'm here. Uh, my job, basically, um, there is some contact with people and some people with possibilities, but technically, you can do it from wherever. Um, we all speak English. Um, it doesn't matter from which culture you are coming or how old are you. Um, I think we can uh, find a common language, and that's something super, super important for me. And if uh, ever automotive industry stops to be important and in center of attention, then another industry will be data-driven, I'm sure. So you will always have a job, which I think it's, um, it's super important in this time. And um, on the other side, maybe when I think back, what I think uh, ambitious women should do is that if you have a role model or if you are interested to be someone in five or ten years, spend the time with that person. If that person today is your director, don't be afraid. Uh, reach out. Um, don't feel uncomfortable. Because I think today uh, the leaders who are more like a servant leaders are taking place. And it means that in any moment, like you shouldn't feel that you are less valued because you are reporting to someone. That's just the current situation. The fact that someone is your manager or director just means that they have different set of responsibilities. Doesn't mean that they are smarter, they are more beautiful or something. Uh, it, it's beneficial when they're more experienced, of course. Um, but I think that you should be aiming to get closer to your goals, not to be afraid, not to, not to feel, feel shy or something. And they will really appreciate that, I'm sure. Nice. I love
0: that. I love that piece of advice sir. thank you everybody I really like that piece as well where you mentioned about being risk averse as well because I think sometimes it feels very daunting to go into a new direction or to take go into leadership something like that so the fact that you advertise yourself as risk averse and yet you're here and talking about your journey I think that that's really inspiring and hearing everybody's journey as well today Before we end the podcast, I'd like to say thank you so much to all of our guests for sharing their thoughts in today's conversation. If you are hiring for a new technical role or looking for new roles, feel free to get in touch with us here at Evolution. Or if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on a future podcast, you can drop me a message too. I'm Charlotte Roberts and you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at charlotte.roberts at evolution-nordics.com or visit us at evolutionjobs.com forward slash Essing. Thanks again to all our guests and thank you for listening. We hope you can join us next time.